said a preacher one Sunday morning, as he closed his sermon, he told the congregation, he says, next Sunday I'm going to preach online. And to prepare yourselves, I hope in each one of you would read Mark chapter 17 during the week. Well, the week, week went by. The next Sunday morning, the preacher began his sermon. He says, brothers and sisters, he says, I'd like for you to show your hands of y'all who read Mark 17. Most of the congregation raised their hand. He says, brothers and sisters, since there is not chapter 17 of Mark, I will continue my sermon online. <laughs> I, I like to see a smile. I like to see you're happy. God wants us happy. But there is a time in our lives that we have to be serious. We have to put away the happy things and think about God and God's word. And this morning, as I had Randall to sing and lead us into Jesus is coming soon. We are in a time of troublesome times, dear folks. It's times that have changed so much. And I know from Brother Ray, Brother Evelyn, and other ones that's thrown up in age, only can imagine what they have seen when they were a child to what they see now. In my lifetime, what I have seen from the time I was a child to the time I age now, from the time I brought my children up, now I see the world with my grandchildren. We are in troublesome times. You know, we are in war. War has been going on from the beginning of time. Did you know that we have lost 17 million lives in World War I? We lost 60 million lives in World War II. The song that we sang that Jesus is coming soon was wrote during World War II. It was a time where the country was hurting. It was in sorrow. And Wesit, brother Wesit, that wrote the song, he knew that it was a time of trouble and sorrow. And they wrote that to help ease their pains. He knows in his heart that God is coming. He's sitting with his angels and he's coming soon. We do not know. All we know is that he is coming and that we must be prepared. In Vietnam, we lost 1.5 million people. And then in the Korean War, we lost two and a half to three million. You see, war was back then, and war is now. War will be in the future till Jesus comes. But what can we do? We think and we wonder about things. What, what else we can do? But look, there's a few more other things that we are in troublesome now. You know, in 2016, just last year, we lost 44,200 people on our highways. 286 of them was for alcohol. Have we learned anything from it? You know, have you ever thought about on a two-lane highway when the speed limit is 55 mile an hour, you're just within feet of the other person that's coming towards you. You ever thought about that you're running 110 mile an hour if you was to hit each other head on? You know, I think about that. I travel the highways a lot. I see a lot. I see cars speed up and slow down. I see them swerve and I see them swerve back. I see truckers the same thing. And most of the time, when they slow down and you go by them, they're texting or doing something they shouldn't be doing. You know, there's a lot of times 
as I travel that for some reason I felt like I had to get off the interstate. I had to use the restroom. I just wanted to break. And I get back on and I don't go a mile. And those people that were running with me, there are an accident. I don't know if God intervenes, but I want to say in my heart, something touched me to get off. Something told me, Eddie, you need to stop. You know, we're in trouble sometimes, people. I wish I had the answers for everything. But the only answer we do have is God's word. There is a time and a place, as Isaac read, for everything. Everything that we can possibly endure through our lifetime. Whether we heed the warning, whether we take it seriously, or we let it go, it's totally up to us. You know, it's so sad to say that the government and the leaders that we have, Congress and our Senate today, how they act and what they carry on, it's all about themselves. It's not about the people and the God above. I believe in my heart, and so many of them have left God on the wayside. It's all about themselves now, and they're so afraid that they're not going to win or they're not going to get what they want. And our world is in a mess. It's in a mess with our government and our leaders. I don't know how much more God will take. I don't know how upset he was when he flooded the earth, destroyed some of the cities. I don't know that. But I know one thing in our heart, Joe, we have to be ready. What can we do about these things? In a few minutes, I will share with that. But first, just this past week, five young boys were throwing rocks off the overpass. You might have seen it on the news. Young, 15 years old, one of them was 17, had their lives ahead of them, joined it, were they? Didn't think nothing about it, but one of the rocks that they dropped fell into a windshield. It killed a man. These five young boys have ruined their lives forever. But not only that, we find out the man that, the man that killed he was a husband. He's left a wife now that loved each other so dearly. And not only that, dear brothers and sisters, he left four children. You see what it destroys. You see what it hurts. Sometimes, young people, we make a wrong decision. Why do you think your mom and daddy tell you no? Dear folks, young people, please listen to me. They've been down that road before. It's not that they don't love you. They want to protect you. You know, when I was in the 10th grade, I remember very, very plainly, there was five young boys that left the basketball game, went right down the road here. The old bridge was stood there. They come back up the hill and the driver got too fast. They rolled a car five times. They all were all right. They got out of that car, my understanding, and they turned that car over themselves. 
The drilling was pumping, they were so scared. The windshields was knocked out of it and the top was caved in. They set the battery back in place. They managed to get the car back down on Russell Street. Four of the five boys got out of the car. They walked down Grave Street. They crossed railroad tracks. They went across the field then. They went back to the basketball game. There was one little boy as he got in his car and he went home. He was scared to death, but he woke his mother up, afraid that his daddy would get up too. But his mother came in there. I said, Mom, he said, I need to tell you something. I said, I was involved in a wreck. I didn't go where you told me to go. He says, I was going to ride around and had a wreck. She hugged this little boy. She hugged him tight, thankful that he was only bruised and scratched. As he sat up on the edge of the bed and she took a comb, and combed his hair and the glass was falling out of his hair. As tears come down her face. I know she hurt. And I know this is a true story. Because I was a little boy that she was breaking glass out of the hair. Dear folks, that turned me. That made me as a child to turn around. I knew that I had done something wrong. I knew that I didn't do what I was supposed to do, but God gave me a chance. Young people, listen to them. Don't take that chance. Don't think if texting and driving and will not affect you. We all think it can't happen to us, but it can. And usually in the results when it does, it's when it's too late. It's too late. Please listen. Please listen to them. You know, there's drugs. Drugs is another. What trustful times. It has been, been barred upon us all so hard of our young people and even our adults now. As I've seen last week, a mother and daughter was in Walmart and they overdosed. The mother overdosed in front of her daughter. She's already in the code where she was about to go and they have this something that they can minister to them that can bring them back. They saved her. What did the daughter do? The daughter took the rest of the drugs so they wouldn't get caught. Almost lost her life too. Dear folks, the chances we take, we'll pay for them forever if we're not careful. You know, in another relationship that we have just pulled so much away and we think it's okay. That's the relationships with each other. You know, God frowns upon. He strictly says no to man and man together and to woman to woman together. But let's look at something else. God gave us a relationship, not to mean to live together, then married, not mean to have a baby, live together, and then get married. We have turned it around. Here we are in troublesome times. God wants us happy. God wants us together as man and woman. But dear folks, we're in a troublesome time where the world thinks that they can just live together. They can do what they want to do. God is so far from their eyes. And there are those that, that know, that know the truth. They are together, 
And God gives them one reason to be separated. Divorce. And that is commit adultery. I see it at work. I see it in denominations where they think you can just marry again. Okay, it didn't work. She burnt the beans. She's not home when I get home. Divorce her and marry again. The list can go over and over and over again. And it's happening. People are doing that. Dear folks, it's not in God's eyes. You are stay faithfully married to your spouse. If you cannot get along, then be separated. But dear folks, that means you are still married. You're just separated because you can't get along. As I was a child coming up, there was a young couple. I knew them very well. Now I'm going to tell you, y'all, you could not, and I don't blame the man for one bit, you could not live with this woman. It, it was pitiful, and I was just a child. It was rough. And they chose, even though they knew the God, the Bible, they knew what had to be done, they chose to get separate homes approximately a mile away. They lived separate lives, except for sometimes supper, they would come back. And believe it or not, you would hear in them arguing. And it wouldn't be long that he'd go back to his house. I remember my daddy sending me down with the tractor. He said, now son, just listen to her, just do the best you can. She's called and wanted you to disc her plow and disc her garden. First of all, she met me, you brought the tractor too big. Where's the small one? Well, let's start it. You know, so I used one way or the other, and I got it dissed. You're getting too close to the fence. Don't hit my fence. But anyway, I come back, and evidently she got her garden planted, and it was over with. Sometimes it happens, y'all. Sometimes you just cannot work things out. If you cannot not, that does not give you a right to marry again. You can think in your mind, in your hearts, that it's okay, as we see the world does, but it is wrong. And if we think we can get to heaven by not doing what God's will says, we're in for a great surprise. You see, brothers and sisters, we cannot be a part-time Christian. Do you know what I mean by part-time? Working for God here on Sunday morning. Maybe you showed up on Wednesday night, then Sunday night. But the rest of those times, you did what you want to do. The world seen you as not a Christian. You know, we have to live 24-7 for God. Every single minute of it. We have to be that example. We have to show them, the world, that we are Yes, better than them. We have to let them know that God comes first in our lives and let them see that. Yes, we will have temptations. We will have pressure. Young people, you have it hard. The pressure on me when I was a child, they walked away and left you alone. But I know you have pressure on you. I know they tug on you. But sin strong. Each one of us will have that chance in our hearts, and we know it. When we are faced with a situation or a problem that's contrary to God's word, 
that God gives us a way out of it. You will have that one chance. Some heed the warning and they get away from it. Some they pay dearly and some pay so much that they lose their lives. We must stand firm in what God tells us to do every day that we are blessed with. We have let sports and our family be separated. We have seen so much on our TV programs that is sickening. The time when I was a child that those days were gone on TV programs. I don't know, I honestly don't know if you could turn on the TV and find a decent program for a husband and a wife and all the ages of their children to watch. I tried it. I flipped through so many channels, I couldn't, I couldn't see something that, now if you get the old ones, the oldies, yes, yes, they're there. What has happened for a family to sit together and have the meal together. You have mama running off to do something. You have daddy doing something. The children sometimes are with their grandparents, trying to raise them. Yes, that's what I said. You know that I heard two teachers speaking a while back. Now these were two teachers, y'all, close to our neighborhood here. And they were saying that 60% of their children that are brought to school, to their class, the grandparents do it. Parents, I understand that there are times when you can't do something. Thank God for the grandparents that can be there for them. But children, young adults, you had these children. God blessed you with them. You raised them. There are situations where grandparents have to raise, and God bless them for that. You be a part of their lives. If they go to a ball game, you go with them. You sit beside them. You know what they're doing then. Yes, I can remember, and if Erin was here, that she would tell you as, as Adina is the same age as her, and we went to the game, I sit right in the middle of them. And you could hear it behind it, shh, that's, that's Adina's daddy. Shh. Go ask Adina's daddy, he'll know. You know, it just made me feel like a million dollars at times there. That the trust that these young people put in me, but more all that I was there with my children. No, I'm not saying that they have to be with you 24-7. You do need a break. But when you sit down in a meal, think about it. Put your children with you. If you watch a TV program, have them with you. Don't push them off in their rooms and you don't even know what they're doing or what they're up to. See, children explore. Children look for things. Children's listening. Children's watching. Be a part of their lives. We're such as troublesome times that, that our families are torn apart, our families are gone, and it's so sad to see that. There are our own members, our own families here they get discouraged and aggravated because they just don't want to believe the word. So they run to a, 
to a man-made denominational so they can be happy, so they can listen and hear what they want to hear. But there's going to be a day, a day's coming, where they're going to have to answer to the God above. And won't it be sad to say, Eddie, good old boy, but you didn't do this for me. One little thing. Think hard, dear folks. Think hard. Don't let the troubles of the world get a hold of you where it pulls you away from God. We cannot let anything take us away from God. I know there are people that have personal problems. I know those, Father, that have health problems, they have financial problems. We live in a world where there's stress. Fast pace seems like we don't slow down. You know, God says in Psalms 46, 10, be still and know that I'm a God. Do we take time to do that? You know, as I was coming back up the interstate yesterday, I had to take a back road, slower pace. As I see the beauty and the creations of what God did, what a blessing. Slow down, dear folks. Know that he is God. Know that he has blessed you with what you have. Be content with what you've got. It's okay to work for things that you want, but don't leave God out trying to get these riches. What is it? He tells us if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. What do you profit? You profit nothing. And remember, y'all, God is in control. We see the floods, the fires, the tornadoes, the hurricanes, the earthquakes, and all these disasters. No, God don't come and put that on these people. No. It's just a part of the life and the world that we have to deal with and live with. But what I do think, I think God is trying to wake people up. I think God is trying to tell people that he is in charge. That come unto me and listen to me. Yes, good people suffer along with bad people. See, all these things, if you save your life, these other things are things. We see so many times in the Bible as God talks about, don't look at the things. Look at him above. Look on your soul. You know, as we know that God's in control, and what can we learn? What can we do? What is our response to this? How do we respond? You know, God is under control of all. And all of us are under his hand. I want to ask you this morning. Do you believe? Do you believe the words that are spoken in this Bible? And then, dear folks, do you trust them? Do you really trust that what is said is going to happen? I sure hope so. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is coming back.
I believe with all my heart, if you put God first, he will take care of you. I believe with all my heart that we cannot be a part-time Christian. I believe with all my heart that he's there with us. I want to ask you this. If God came to your house tonight at 6 o'clock, say you left here and you was going home and you were home, and he knocked on the door, what would he see? What would he see tomorrow night, Tuesday night? Dear folks, I want to tell you something. God's already there. He knows and sees what you're doing, each one of us. Please remember that. But what can we do? What can we do, dear folks? 66 times in the Bible, God tells us to believe one way or the other. 51 times, he tells us to trust, put our trust in him. But here's the catch. Here's what we do. We pray. We pray, dear folks, and we keep praying, and we don't stop praying. Prayer is mentioned 134 times, just the word pray. If you went to prayer, prayer, but to pray. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it tells us pray without ceasing. We must pray persistent, and we must pray consistent. I don't care, dear folks, how rich you are, how poor you are, how healthy you are, how unhealthy you are, how old or how young, what races. If you're pretty or you're ugly, it doesn't matter what origin you are. God loves each one of us. He loves you with all his heart. And he wants you to be a part of him. I appreciate y'all listening to me this morning. I hope I have touched your hearts. There are some scriptures here that I would like to read with you as we close this morning. I like to read Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. But of that day and hour, no one knows not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until that day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he had washed and not allowed the house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming, at an hour you do not expect. 
Brothers and sisters, folks, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next minute. We do not know that when Jesus is coming, he could come now. He could come later. I, I do not know that. But what I do know is that he's coming. And what I do know, we must be ready. And I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? If God came and took you tonight, if we were blessed with the rest of the day, would you be ready? Would your hands be out and you welcome to him? Only you know that in your heart. But I want to share with you, if you have not took Christ in baptism, you are not ready. Only way we can make it into heaven is to be baptized. The first step is to be baptized. Then live faithfully ever after. Dear folks, if you are a child of God, and if you've fallen away, if you not are living the life that God wants you to do, you need to make that right. If I can help you in any way, you please come as together we stand and sing.